you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Good Morning Football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. Welcome inside. Good morning, football, presented by Old Trapper Beef Jerky. We're live here in New York City. It's Friday, November 4th. I'm Jamie Erdahl, alongside Peter Schrager and two Super Bowl champions, Jason McCourty and Sean O'Hara. Our final Friday show before most of us head to Munich. All right, time for the lead block. <laughs> lead block, let's get to some football. The <laughs> Philadelphia Eagles taking on the Houston Texans. Will the Eagles do better than the Phillies? There's Jalen Hurts, part of the 150 tickets that he purchased for Ooh. this game. Dallas Goddard had eight catches, 100 yards, showed up big and helped the Philadelphia Eagles get to 8-0 for the first time in franchise history. They would go on to win this game 29-17. Jalen Hurts back at home. You saw the type of game he had, 21 of 27. Let's also check what Jalen Hurts had to say after the game, along with his head coach, Nick Sirianni. What does it feel like to be 8-0, fellas? I know it's special for the for the for the city of Philadelphia. I mean, I've, I've been 8-0 before and, and lost the national championship. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, just take it day by day. We haven't accomplished anything yet. At this particular point, being 8-0 is sweet, right? And, it, you know, it beats the alternative of being 7-1 or 6-2, right? And so we know that our goal wasn't to go 8-0. Our goal is to take one game at a time. And I'm at, that's, that's our goal. Speaking to what Jalen Hurts had to say after the game, the wins feel really good, but the losses hang with you too. And he knows what it feels like to get all the way there but lose at the end. And that's so not the mission that Jalen Hurts and the Eagles are on as they stay undefeated in Thursday Night Football against the Houston Texans. It's the first 8-0 start in franchise history. Takeaways from the game, Eagles win over the Texans last night. I know we had a lot of Texans turn the volume up talk yesterday, yeah. but they put up a fight. Yeah, they did. And, and I think that's the thing here. It's going to be for the Eagles. So we come on the show and I I said they're going to, the Eagles are going to win 23 to 3. Jason says they're going 30 to 3. And we're not doing it to be hyperbolic or to, I'm looking at the roster with the Texans. I don't think their quarterback is an elite quarterback. They're down their top two wide receivers. I don't know many of the other skill position players on the roster. I've got to do a deep dive into the depth charts to even find out. And the Texans came out looking for a fight. And what I liked about the Eagles is that they didn't take them for granted. They fought back. It was like, all right, this Pierce is the real deal. He ran for 139 yards. He's going to punch us in the mouth. The Texans come score first. The Eagles answer. And the Eagles answered with these long drives to suck out any momentum. And I kind of like this style. And we saw this against the Cowboys when the Cowboys started making this a game. The Eagles went on a 13-play, 75-yard drive that ate up nine minutes a clock. And then we saw it here twice against the Texans. One of them was an 18-play drive. And if you're a defense and you're on the field for 18 plays, Jason McCourty, what does that do for you? You're dying by the end of that drive, especially the guys up front. You're just not used to being on the field for that long defensively. A lot of hands on hips. A lot of hands on hips. And they showed against Pittsburgh they can do that quick strike, right? They didn't get in the red zone. They just hit these three big bombs to Brown, and it was like, we could beat you that way, but we could also beat you this way. And just 
like I said yesterday, they can just shove the ball down your throat, and it's like a very physical, and it's a very defeating manner of football where you don't want to take that next hit. You don't want to see them do it again, and it's over and over and over again, and they just bully you up front with those linemen and those running backs, and that tight end Goddard who is good. Let's, I, I, I know they didn't blow them out by 15 points. I know they didn't win by 30, but I like the way that the Eagles got a worthy competitor and they, they still smacked them around and said, okay, we're going to run the ball down your throat and we're going to do what we do. Look at these two drives real quick. I mean, you're talking about two touchdown drives. One of them's 18 plays in the first quarter for 91 oh. yards. The other one's 10 and they eat clock. They keep your defense on the field and they make a statement. They finish. They're not for field goals. They're for touchdowns. Both of them in the first half, first and second quarters. By the third quarter, you're Houston. You're like, I, okay, please don't. Thank you, sir. May I not Uncle. have another. Like, that's what it is. <laughs> that's how they play, and you can win games that way. Yeah, the Eagles show they were the better team. They certainly flexed their muscles when they needed to. I was proud of the Texans the way they came out and yeah. fought. Yeah, we were talking last night about, like, this is going to be a one-sided game. And right on cue, Al Michaels says they have not scored a single point on the opening drive all season long, and then, boom, the Texans are up 7 to nothing before you know it. So give credit to them. But in the end, the Eagles showed, and we just saw that. The week before, we were talking about A.J. Brown and Jalen Hurts, and it's like, wow, look at look at how good the passing game looks. All right, they can beat you with Miles Sanders, too, because I, I thought he stole the show last night. As much as Damian Pierce was phenomenal and he looked good, this is the best we've ever seen Miles Sanders. He's on, on track right now for a career year, and a lot of it has been injury-based. He's been banged up, hasn't played 16 games since his rookie year, but... The run that you showed, J-Mac, on Stingley, yeah. that's Miles not just saying, hey, I'm not just a fat scat back, I'm not just a fast guy. I can play down and dirty too. And I think that emphasis, that power is, look, I think that's contagious. I think that's something the defense thrives off of. They build off it as well. But the one-two punch now of Miles Sanders, and now you mentioned that tight end, Dallas Goddard. Yeah. Dallas Goddard's on a career year right now, right? Before uh, this season, I think the most catches he had was 56 catches. He's already got 40. Sorry, his previous high was 58. The one thing that Dallas Goddard doesn't get enough credit for is how good of a blocking tight end he is as well. So when you see all these rushing yards and you see Jalen Hurts and, and you see Miles Sanders rushing yards, you got to give credit to the tight ends. I've never done this before, all right? I'm mm. going to glowingly talk about the Eagles fans for a second. Mm. Because last night when you're watching the game, it was hard not to notice the crowd noise. And this was a Thursday night game. You've got the World Series Game 5 going in on Philly. in Philly. And Philly's fans flew down to Houston. Nick Sirianni was talking about how – there's no such thing as road game for his Eagles fans. I want you to listen to what he's had to say about the fans. It's just unbelievable. Like, I'm assuming that our stadium in at City at City Bank is full of Philly fans, but I didn't think that it, this would be full of Eagles fans here. Again, the crowd completely took over the game. Again, just like Arizona, just like Washington. I'm starting to think we're not playing any away games. Like, I mean, goodness gracious. Eagles fans, give yourself a little applause right now. Mm. I mean, that, that's pretty impressive. The coach comes on, he's talking about you showing up, showing out for your team right there. Look, we all have fun with Eagles fans. We all have our kind of little stories. We poke chats. I thought that was pretty cool. That was pretty impressive on a Thursday night game to travel down there when the World Series is going on in your own city. Pretty cool. Yeah, without a doubt to travel. There was a guy in Philly, Jordan Davis, who did not travel, mm. who was on IR, and you saw the difference that he makes. It's not all about stats and sacks and all of those things. Damian Pierce was running wild, but this Philadelphia Eagles defense stepped up when they needed it most. They made the big plays and they made the stops to be able to win this game, especially late. But we saw early on Davis Mills was sacked three times by Javon Hargrave getting after the quarterback as he's been doing lately. Talked about after the game, they come in bunches. Gardner Johnson getting an interception on a Davis Mills errant throw, taking advantage of the opportunities. They put pressure on them. They gave up plays early on. Next thing you know, the score is 14 to 14. They only let up three points in the entire second half. And as Philly was answering with their scores, 
Houston was coming back, too. They kicked that field goal, and they're down 21-17. to 17. They're driving. And when Bradbury takes that interception, it what all seals the deal, the game's over. So this Philadelphia Eagles defense didn't start hot, but they finished strong, and they made the plays when they needed to. Yeah, and it didn't seem like they panicked when no. easily they could have. And I think it's important for teams like this that are building into a very big potential legacy here to be able to win different ways, uh, to play methodically, which is the other word that kind of came to mind, Peter, on some of those drives yeah. that were really long. Just we're going to take your soul, methodical drives nonstop. <laughs> and Jalen Hurts and the hug that he had with Nick Sirianni after the game looked really cool. But a moment for Damian Pierce because, again, for a lot of people, they maybe had heard the name in the preseason, they maybe had seen him play in college. But had the Texans had this opportunity yet this season, no. For the whole country to be watching him, no. And he showed out. 27 times this rookie running back touched the ball. 139 yards. Ooh, 139 awesome. yards. Oh, my goodness. A couple weeks ago, Lovey Smith was asked if uh, he could be the potential offensive rookie of the year. And he said, this was a couple weeks ago, he said, I think it's a little too early for that conversation. Wow. We're inching closer to very much a part of that conversation. Kenneth Walker the third, be the other rookie running back for the Seahawks that looks really good, too, early on. But another thing a couple weeks ago, Damon Pierce had a fantastic breakout game, if you will, against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And someone asked about one of his long runs in that game and said, what was going through your mind? It's like a 36-yard run. He goes, I guess I was just thinking, go country boy, go. So <laughs> go country boy, go is right, Damian Pierce. You look fantastic last night for those Texans. I liked it. Yeah, he was a star. Man. Right? Exactly. A ton of great games on Sunday coming up, so we like to cram it all in for you. Time for Mad Minute Week 9. It kicked off last night, but there's a slate of games coming your way on Sunday. We get to watch it from Munich, and everyone else gets to be on their couch in the friendly confines of your home or wherever you like to engage with your football. Ball. Have at it. 60 seconds on the clock to break down what we are excited for in each game. Let's start in Atlanta, where the first place Falcons, first place Falcons, host the L.A. Chargers. What are we most excited about in this matchup, Jason? For me, I'm looking at that Falcons defense. They're giving up over 300 yards per game in the air. But for the Chargers and Justin Herbert, possibly no Keenan Allen, possibly no Mike Williams. I picked up Josh Palmer on my fantasy team. Mm. I'm looking for him to have a big game and go off. Score some touchdown, catch some passes. Let's see what he has to do. All right, fantasy shout-out for your team. This I'm going to go defense for the Chargers right here. You mentioned the offensive struggles and injuries. Give me Derwin James. All right, anytime you have a running quarterback like Marcus Mariota and you've got a guy that can threaten you with those RPOs, that safety is so crucial. He's their leading tackler. He's a big playmaker for him. I'm looking forward to this Chargers defense. What version of the Falcons do we get? Mm. We get the version that, that blew out the 49ers. We get the version that laid an egg against the Bengals. We get the version that showed a ton of resilience last week against the Panthers. I, I like this Falcons. Falcons team. They're fun. They run the ball. They've got a quarterback in Mariota who's trying to make a statement that, hey, I am a quarterback one in this league. Um, you said this was a great slate of games. I'm, I'm not being pithy here. There are no games on this schedule except for one, Titans-Chiefs, that are two teams over 500. That said, I think that makes it the most interesting slate of games. There are so many teams that are in make-or-break situations. Falcons and Chargers. Chargers was another one. All right. Yep. You win one, though. You're 5-3. and three. Let's yeah. go. I think this is a really significant week and a significant game. Absolutely. And what version of Kyle Pitts are we going to get after Fair the question. pretty good game last weekend? Mm -hmm. The Dolphins, with a new Bradley Chubb in tow, head up to Soldier Field to face off against the Bears. 
What are we looking forward to in this matchup, Peter? Yeah, I want to see Bradley Chubb. Bradley Chubb just signed a huge $120 million deal to be the bookend on that defense with Jalen Phillips. Let's see them get after Justin Fields. This is the first big test. This game is being played in Chicago. The Dolphins are a hot-weather team going to a cold-weather team. this team plans to do anything in January, this is a good <laughs> little test here. Let's pack our bags, go to a cold-weather city, and let's see what we can do. Mm -hmm. Let's see if the Dolphins can travel. I like that you brought that up because when you are playing in those warm-weather cities, it's tough when you go down and it's freezing cold, the wind is blowing, and not only Bradley Chubb for Miami Dolphins, but Chase Claypool for the Chicago Bears. What is he going to do for this offense? Is he going to have an impact in his first game? Will we see Justin Fields chucking some up to him? Will he become a number one wide receiver and a security blanket for him to get the ball to when he's under duress? Shout out to Chi-Town, the Windy City, all right? Everybody's talking about Tua, maybe, oh, he doesn't have the strongest arm. No, this guy can throw the football, but I can't wait to see Tyreek Hill. The NFL's leading receiver right now, all right? Eddie Jackson for the Bears. You're on point. Everybody's watching you. Don't let him get behind you. Every single week, he's still running by people. I don't know how they do it. Yeah, that Dolphins offense is stacked, and the Bears gave up 49 points to the Cowboys last week. Mm. So let's see if they can respond defensively. It's the battle of the Jungle Cats. Okay. Yeah, you heard it. Panthers, <laughs> Bengals, and it's happening in Cincinnati. Great zoo there. Um, what intrigues us most about this game, Sean? Well, look, Deontay Foreman's been a great story. I, I know Christian McCaffrey getting traded, and it's like, all right, Carolina's just having a yard sale right now. But when you look at what Deontay Foreman has done for the Carolina Panthers and how this offense has, has this resurgence, uh, I, I'm looking forward to seeing if he can add another chapter to this storybook season. I, uh, I said this on the show yesterday with Jason. I think the Panthers were absolutely robbed of a game. I thought the DJ Moore penalty was not a penalty. I think the rule is that if you remove the, the helmet within the field of play or the end zone's penalty, he did it outside of it, and then there's been a lot of backtracking. Yeah, but it was excessive celebrate. If I'm that upset about it, and I'm not even a part of the team, and I'm that upset about it, and I'm not a fan of the team, how's Carolina going to respond? Mm -hmm. Now you're the big underdogs against a Bengals team. How are you going to respond? Because if you think that game was robbed from you, well, then now no one's worried about that. Everyone's moved on. Have you moved on? Let's see how the Panthers respond. Yeah, I want to see that. I want to see P.J. Walker, too. This guy's coming off his best game as a pro, 300 yards passing, going against the Cincinnati Bengals secondary that's banged up. Chidobe Awuzie out for the year. Eli Apple is coming off a hamstring. They have some young guys out there playing. Are they able to take advantage of the secondary and make plays down the field? Bengals feel like they're in an identity crisis and P.J. Walker has the makings of like a Hollywood story, a quarterback <laughs> yeah. for the Panthers at this point. Alright, we've got an NFC North showdown in Detroit when the Packers head to Michigan and take on the Lions. What has us all excited about this one, Peter? You know, if we're, if we're uh, fans of great drama, it would be, can the Lions upset the Packers mm -hmm. and what are we talking about Monday because I think Rodgers' tune has really changed since the Buffalo loss. It's This week was very positive. It says that he thinks things are rounding the corner, like he likes what he saw against the Bills, and yet they still lost by 10. Can't lose to the Lions. I don't care if the game's in Detroit. They just fired their defensive backs. Like, you can't lose to the Lions. And yet, we said that before, and they've lost these games. Yeah, yeah. they were talking almost like a moral victory, which we're not accustomed <laughs> to hearing. And I don't want to hear that. But for the Lions, with Dan Campbell, the grit, the Metallica, the Aaron Glenn, and the Deuce Staley, we all watch it during hard knocks, and it has not shown up throughout the season. I want to see what they're able to do. Like you said, this is a Packers team that's struggling right now on a losing streak. Can the Lions go out there and take advantage of the opportunity and win this football game? We've never seen the Packers and Rodgers this dysfunctional. Uh, I mean, so that, that's everything that everybody's looking at. Do they get right? Do they get back on track against the worst defense in the NFL right now? For Aaron Rodgers, this is a big game, but I'll tell you one thing. There's other matchup. Jamal Williams playing against his former team. Mm -hmm. He's been lighting it up. He's got eight touchdowns already. I'm looking forward to seeing him playing against his former squad. Absolutely. The Colts head to Foxborough to battle it out against the Patriots. What's to look 
ahead to Jay. Yeah, the Colts fired their offensive coordinator, Marcus Brady, a guy who wasn't calling the plays. A little bit of an odd thing. But I want to see what their offense looks like. They, Matt Ryan's not playing anymore. And what are they going to do? Jonathan Taylor's been banged up. Are they going to throw the ball around a lot? I want to see what this offense looks like. And on top of that, the Patriots and this guy, old guy over there, Devin McCourty, mm. they're 28-4 and four when he gets an interception. Mm. Will they throw one up? And will he be able to come down with it, helping the Patriots to get a win? 28 and 4 when mm -hmm. DMAC gets one, huh? All right, nice plug. Why yeah. not? That guy. All right, listen, I'm looking at Ramonde Stevenson. Yeah, I know everything's ta everybody's talking about Jonathan Taylor, but Ramondre has been balling out. He looks fantastic. He runs with power, he's running with speed. Down there on the goal line, I, it's almost a guarantee that he's getting in. So I'm, I'm watching Ramondre. I, I think he's been the heart and soul of this offense for the Patriots. Yeah, I don't know if Taylor's going to go. He didn't practice Wednesday, he didn't practice yesterday. So for you, as a Patriots fan, you're like, all right, we're going to beat these guys. Stan Ellinger is one of these scrambling quarterbacks boy. that does this thing. I they're mean, strong. two years ago, I was talking about him in yeah. training camp because he's one of these guys that gets out of the pocket and can move, and we thought the Bears were a walkthrough for the Patriots, and that's exactly what Justin Fields did. So don't take these guys for granted. Ellinger can run and he can move. He's athletic. That could be a nightmare for New England. Exactly, and they've struggled with quarterbacks that can run. So yeah, they just lost to the Bears. Yeah, how they're able to handle Lamar Jackson earlier, too. We just went uh, 105 <laughs> seconds to talk about that game, and we did not mention the Patriots quarterback situation. So Mac Jones, can you yes. can you, is that good? Like you you have an opportunity here to, again, identity crisis. It feels like an identity situation for a lot of these This is Identity Week. How this is Identity Week. Very identity good. Week. Very Whenever good. you can have a theme for a week, no. it is amazing. So throughout the break, let's come up with a theme for this show. Yeah. But coming up after the break, <laughs> the Packers didn't do anything to help Aaron Rodgers. He had conversations with general manager Brian Gutchers, but they didn't do anything during the trade deadline. Did they do Aaron Rodgers wrong, or are they just operating the way they always operate? We'll find out after this break. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Time for a round of We In or We Out. Here's how it's going to work. I'm going to tee up a statement, and my wonderful co-hosts, Sean, Jamie, and Jason, are going to tell me whether they agree with it or they disagree with it. Are we ready, guys? Yeah. Ready. Let's go do Green it. Bay. The Packers play the Lions, and at the trade deadline came and went, to everyone's surprise, maybe including Rodgers, the Packers did not make a move for a new wide receiver. No Brandon Cooks. No Chase Claypool. Instead, it's going to be trotting out the same guys until maybe there's an addition in free agency. Wink, wink. It has been a struggle for Rodgers and his young receiving core this year. So my statement is this. The Packers, the organization, has done Aaron Rodgers a great disservice by not getting him a number one wideout since Devontae Adams left. Jason, are we in? Are we out? I am in. I know it sounds so dramatic. A great disservice to Aaron Rodgers. They've done the team a disservice as long as well as Aaron Rodgers. They like 
like their young guys that have Alan Lazar, Romeo Dobbs, and those guys have made plays, and obviously Lazar coming in as the number one. But if you go get a guy on the other side that opens up the lane, that lets guys flourish, a rookie like Romeo Dobbs, who has made some terrific catches, we saw him make plays versus the Buffalo Bills, put somebody on the other side. Let him be your number three receiver where he can shine and be able to make plays. But Aaron Rodgers, a back-to-back MVP, an offense that's struggling with two really good running backs. Give him another weapon outside and see what he can really go out there and do with this offense because we're so accustomed to watching him just throw the ball up and down the field, play after play, and we've just watched him struggle. We've seen the frustration in his face. You saw Von Miller this past week. asked him, like, why are y'all still running the ball? They don't have anyone to throw to. So go out and get somebody. They didn't do it. It is a disservice, and we have to see what comes of it for the rest of the season. I am in on this being a disservice as well. I What do you expect from him? What was the answer here? Like in the offseason, you draft these two young rookies and you let Devontae Adams go. And I feel like answers need to be explained by ownership, management, and coaches. Like what was your solution here? Because in the famous words of Giselle Bündchen, he cannot throw and catch the ball at the oh, same okay. time. Yeah, I'm in on this. It just It's very confusing for like, why did you re-sign him? Why'd you pay him if you weren't going to have a solution mm-hmm. for him for for an entire season, but free agency is a very enticing situation. Yeah, I feel like I'm out on this one, Triggs. I, I look at the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers, and I'm like, you know what? You both created this mess. Like, don't don't blame Aaron Rodgers. Can't blame the team any more than he already did a year ago today. And you look at the Green Bay Packers, their history. We we did a couple of different segments here. I think Kyle may have hit on it. The last time they drafted a receiver in the first round was 2002. Was Javon Walker. Mm. Uh, so that's not what they do. And I just have a hard time sitting here saying, yeah, the Packers did you a disservice. When over a year ago, all right, I just went and looked it up. July 28th of last year, Aaron Rodgers went on a tirade for five minutes talking about, well, you know, I just really felt like I should be a part of the conversation. I feel like I should be a part of a conversation that will help me do my jobs. I feel like he was kind of pouty through that whole thing. And it was like, no, I want some say. I, I, I want you guys to come to me and talk to me about what draft picks I like or what players I like. I want to have some say in the personnel decisions. So he says all that. Okay, they acquiesce. And then they also give him a new contract with Nation, the highest paid quarterback in the league, knowing that Devontae Adams sitting over there saying, hey, where's my bag? I think Aaron Rodgers, like, he's got nobody to blame but himself for some of this because he very well could have said, look, I want Devontae here. Do not let him walk out the door. Whatever I need to do, whatever money I need to shift, whatever I need to change in my contract to make sure I got my guy, he had the chance to do that. Mm. He let him walk. So I'm, I'm out on this one. I don't believe in that. As a player, I'm a back-to-back MVP. Pay me. I should be the highest-paid quarterback. Somebody gets paid to massage a salary cap and do the things they need to do. That's your job. You figure out how to keep Devontae Adams here because I'm going to tell you I want to be the highest paid quarterback and I want my guy here. Mm -hmm. We watched the Rams do it. They paid Aaron Donald. They gave Sean McVay an extension. They paid Cooper Cup. They're not winning, but you can pay the guys that you want to pay. I'm always a firm believer. Not winning any less than the Packers are. Right. Exactly. I'm a firm believer as a player. When you perform, you can ask for as much money as your performance dictates because as soon as you don't perform, you could have signed that contract. You're released whether it's a year in, two years in. So when I play well and I'm deserving and I'm the best player in my position, then hell, I want to be the highest paid. And I feel like it's okay to say that and own that. It's up to the team to figure out how to make us a good team. I'm glad you brought also- that up, though, because you played with Brady. Brady yeah. was never, he's never been the highest paid quarterback in the league. 
And he's won how many rings? So it's a great point that you bring up. I yeah. feel like quarterbacks are almost different in that category. Like, they make so much money. So for them to, hey, just chisel or shave a little bit off of here, it's not as big of a nut as, like, a guy like you and me. And yeah, I'm, not sh- I'm not shaving. I'm not shaving. I'm not I taking want, a call. I want all my money. Yeah, okay. I got to. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. McCourty's general stance yeah. is, like, get paid, get young paid. man. Get paid. Get paid. Um, real quick on my end, I think it would have been a symbolic gesture, if anything, to the fan base and to the 20 years of not making a move and not doing anything. If they did give a second and a fifth for Claypool. I mean, the second is rich. I know that. But maybe it's not the value that matters. It's just the statement of, hey, we're trying. You know, Cooks' contract is, what, $16, $18 million. I know that sounds like a lot for Brandon Cooks and that might not make sense in your salary. Maybe try to make it work just so that we're not having these conversations and Rodgers can't point the finger at you afterwards. You can say, hey, we got you your guy Cobb. We got you Sammy Watkins. We're doing everything we can. You're making 22% of our entire salary cap, pal. We're trying everything we can. Time now for a Sunday spotlight. But before you run through that wall, put your stunner shades on. We're going to highlight players or coaches or fan bases, teams, however you want to take it, that you want to keep an eye on in week nine. So who will be in your spotlight come Sunday? Well, I pick three gentlemen who the sweet smell of Super Bowl potential and a Lombardi, um, it smells great. It is not an affront to my senses, but the stench for three of the quarterbacks has grown far too powerful for one Tom Brady, one Matthew Stafford, and one Joe Burrow. What is going on here with these teams? This guy lost to this guy in the divisional round last January. This guy played in the Super Bowl last year. All of these teams are in second place or third place in their division, but they really aren't playing even to that potential. Every week it feels like, at least for Burrow, oh, you oh you don't really have it. Oh, no, no, you got it back. Oh, God, you don't have it again. For these two, I'm not really sure if the train was ever on the tracks this season. We have just officially deemed week nine identity weekend. These three, are, these two are playing each other, I believe. Uh, these three need to figure it out and figure it out fast because a Super Bowl contender without these three names is a little confusing for me. Now, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, they look great. But this, to have them not part of the conversation feels very strange. So put the spotlight on, you guys. Make it your name. Make yourself worth it. Let's go. Super Bowl smell. Don't make it a stench. Come on now. I like it. Oh, you go on the rock? If don't you make smell. it a stench. Oh, I like that. Super don't Bowl make stench. it a stench. But Jamie is cooking. I don't. Yes. I'm terrible. These three guys, they need to step up. But there's another guy who stepped up this past week. He was back in his hometown. He came on the show this week. Terry McLaurin. A big week for you. Taylor Heineke is there. And he has just re-energized this entire team in this city. McLaurin, since... Heineke has been in the lineup, has been over 90 yards and six catches each and every game. We watched him this past week, the emotion coming off him, how he was yelling and screaming, this is my city. Well, now you're home this week. In D.C., the Minnesota Vikings are coming to town. They're 6-1, and and they're rolling. But this is your opportunity. You guys are on your own three-game win streak as well. Go out there, put on a performance, lead your team, make those big catches, maul somebody, and have a day. Terry McLaurin, it was a joy to listen to you. Go out there and ball out. Yeah. Terry. Do it. Going Going with a wide receiver as well. You look at that draft class from 2021. You got wideouts like Jalen Waddell tearing up the league. Devontae Smith on an undefeated team. You've got a lot of talent in Jamar Chase, who last year had that great year. Kadarius Toney, the young joker, has zero receiving yards this season. And he gets a fresh start. I'm going with young joker, number 89 on the Giants, who is now on the Kansas City Chiefs. Traded at the deadline in a deal that didn't even make news. Everyone just dismissed him. He's not the Giants' way. He's not worth it. 
he's going to Kansas City, where, Jay, where Travis Kelsey came out this week and said, this guy's a beast when he has the ball in his hands. Sunday night against Tennessee. Remember me, Kadarius Tony, a first-round pick. Go do something, my friend. Let's go, Tony. Oh, I like it. John, who do you got for us? Tony, Tony, Tone. All right, boys and girls. Ooh. You want the best? You want to watch the best? You want to go up against the best? Then let's go on up to Buffalo. I know the Birds got the best record right now, but the best offense right now, it's the Bills. And guess what? Guess what goes good with Buffalo? Anybody like a little Buffalo sauce? Yeah. Give me Sauce Gardner. Look, everybody called him Ahmad Gardner, AG, when he was in training camp. They said he got to earn that sauce label. But have you seen what Ahmad Sauce Gardner's doing? 12 pass breakups this season already? Leads the NFL. Hasn't given up a touchdown since week two. Oh, boy, he's going up against Stephon Diggs. All right, the best of the best of the best. I can't wait to watch it. Sauce Gardner, all eyes are on you, my man. Can't wait to see it. Big matchup, big matchup. More to look forward to saying good morning football if you dare. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Get your game day started Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern with NFL Game Day Morning. Bucks are the Super Bowl champs. A Lombardi Trophy for Los Angeles. Oh, how quickly things can change. The last two Super Bowl champs face off Sunday with their seasons hanging in the balance. We'll let you know who's more likely to turn it around. Plus, the Bills and Chiefs seem to be on a collision course for a playoff rematch. Michael Irvin will tell you which other AFC team could spoil the party. And Kurt, what makes the Dolphins' offense so explosive? They're filled with GCPs, game-changing porpoises. Insightful stuff. Find out the rest of Kurt's analysis in Warner's Corner. All that and much more Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern. Time for Sunday Preview, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. We're going to focus on the Sunday night football matchup between Tennessee and Kansas City. Got to pick who or what will be the difference maker Difference maker in the Titans-Chiefs game. Peter. You know, Derrick Henry has had his way with the Chiefs in recent years, and it was a regular season game, and then he got going early in the playoff game, and the Chiefs took it up. But I think Nick Bolton, the linebacker for the Chiefs, going head-to-head with Derrick Henry is going to be a battle I'll be watching. Bolton was all over the field two weeks ago when they beat the 49ers, and that run game was given so much hype and what they were going to do to them, and then they did nothing because the Chiefs' defense came to play. I think Bolton versus Henry, that's what I'm watching. If you could bottle up Derrick Henry, I don't see Malik Willis going uh, throw for throw, uh, and I certainly don't see an injured Tannehill going throw for throw if he goes instead versus Mahomes. So Nick Bolton with this crazy dance techno music, that's my pick. I'm saying Nick Bolton is the man to watch. I expect nothing less. You've been talking Nick Bolton since before the season. Wore the jersey on reveal. I love that. I'm staying on the defensive side of the ball as well. I'm going with Jeffrey Simmons, the big defensive tackle for the Tennessee Titans. Patrick Mahomes is a problem. This guy has five and a half sacks only behind Quentin Williams, and Chris Jones is going to be on the other side. I want to see how this guy performs. Last year, they played against the Rams, who Aaron Donald was on the other side. He had 
three sacks in that game. He's being mentioned amongst the best defensive tackles in the NFL coming up on a new contract that's going to be needed soon. I want to see what this guy does and how he's able to slow down Patrick Mahomes and his Kansas City Chiefs offense. Chiefs coming off a bye. They feel like uh, they want to reestablish their significance in the AFC. Mike Vrabel, though, Titans are an underdog since becoming the head coach at Tennessee. He's 20-10 and 10, mm. um, when he's an underdog. So he kind of thrives in this situation. But who's his quarterback? Who's trotting out there for him under center? Ryan Tannehill was not a participant in practice yesterday. He did not play last weekend due to an ankle and a, an illness. Malik Willis, is he the guy? Like, you're, you can't go to Kansas City and just get eaten up at Arrowhead. I mean, and that any quarterback that Waltz is in there, if they've been having a so-so season, has a chance to just be walking into an absolute buzzsaw. If the Titans have a chance, they got to keep the ball. They got to be smart with their possessions. Can't cough it up on any part of the field against the Kansas City defense because they will just turn right back around on offense and make you pay for it. So whoever that quarterback is, you got to make a name for yourself here. Tannehill, if you're going to redirect your season, this is the opportunity. Malik Willis could be a shot to make a headline for yourself. Yeah, Kansas City's a tough place to play. I feel like everybody feels like an underdog when you go in there and you mm -hmm. hear that noise on third down. Andy Reid, coming off a of bye week, he's pretty darn good too. So I think for the Chiefs, they're looking at this like, hey, all right, we got to come out and start fast. But I'm looking at Mike Vrabel and the defensive coordinator, Shane Bowen. When you look at this Tennessee Titans defense, I, I think the challenge is on them, but it's not something that they haven't done before. You go back to last year, week seven, dude, they put a thumping on the Chiefs' offense. They, they did not allow a single touchdown. The Chiefs had three points in this game. Game. They sacked Patrick Mahomes four times. Uh, to your point, J-Mac, I, I think Jeffrey Simmons, like, I mean, there's Bud Dupree. They're getting after him. They harassed him. It did not look like the offense that we saw last week, uh, last time with 423 yards passing. Mahomes throwing the ball away. So this, this Titans defense, they had him rattled. They had him out of the pocket, throwing the ball away. This was not a well-oiled offense like we're used to seeing. So I'm looking at this defense. Can they do that? Can they replicate that? Can they use some of those same fronts and coverages and blitzes and see, hey, can you guys put out the fire? Because last year they didn't and they got thumped. Both these teams sitting at 5-2, and two, Peter. I'm, I'm specifically thinking about the Chiefs' two losses so far this season. They feel like they're like the least talked about losses by a team because they were warranted, not warranted. Bizarre Indianapolis Bizarre game. Indianapolis Chris Jones left. gets a call for a rough in the past. Yes. That was garbage. And then uh, the, the, obviously the, the Bills, Bills, yeah. Bills play. So like, I look at the Chiefs, they could very easily be 7-0. and Yes, yeah. Absolutely. And then the Titans on the flip side, like to start well, out the I way that know. they did, how, what, why have they been playing? How have they played their way into this situation? They, they're playing good ball right now the way they do. And I think that's one of the more intriguing things about this game. You have Kansas City with Mahomes who throws the ball all over the lot. Mm. And then we look at the Tennessee Titans. They won the game last week. Yes. Derrick Henry, 200 yards. Malik Willis threw 10 passes. That's it. Mm. 10 passes. <laughs> so it's like, whose style of play is going to come up on top? They've played Which a bunch. Is gonna prevail? Like, they like, have. You go back to the COVID season. You go back before that. Like, Playoffs. Like the, the playoffs the titans they have a recipe and like yep. they're not scared to go into arrowhead they've beaten them in arrowhead mm -hmm. and derrick henry eats when he plays the chiefs yeah. so it's a good challenge and patrick mahomes well aware asked about it several times this week about facing that titans team and what some of those losses have mm -hmm. meant to him in his career so that is one to watch on sunday night between those two teams we take a look at the odds for sunday's matchup the chiefs are favored by 12 and a half points with the over set at 45 coming up on good morning football the struggle is real for teams like the Raiders and the Cardinals. You hate to say it, but you got to talk about it. Which playoff teams from last season are desperate for a Week 9 win? Desperation all, all over the place. But we had to pick off one. the list and pick the team that is sub-500 that was in the playoffs last year and talk about them. You go into your shower feeling 
tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.